Hello guys and welcome to episode 1 of Beat Your Backlog Podcast, a podcast discussing the thing gamers like to put off, get to another day and oh yes, we'll definitely beat later their backlog. I'm your host Adam and for our first ever episode we will be discussing one of Lasher's biggest indie, well actually when you think about it, not even biggest indie, but probably one of the biggest games of 2022 and that is Vampire Survivors. So what exactly is Vampire Survivors? Well, it's a top-down 2D side-scroller with visuals heavily inspired by the Castlevania series. However, the visuals are where the comparison to Castlevania ends for me. The game has nods to idle clicker games, bullet hell, wave-based shoot-em-ups, and roguelike decision-makers, all of which is done in a nice 30-minute run package. The game was developed by Luca Galenta, aka Ponkel, in 2020 whilst he was unemployed. And as the story goes, he decided on a basic artistic theme the game would go along with, which of course was the vampire, uh, sorry, the Castlevania theme and lots of vampires. Um, And apparently he bought £1,100 worth of assets and music that fit this theme. And then, yeah, he basically built on it. uh, I guess he wasn't much of an artist. uh, He was more of a developer. So he built on this and with his experience as a developer in the gambling industry and his knowledge of slot games, in my opinion, this knowledge is what gives Vampire Survivors that extra kick and gets its fangs into you. The game was released in early access in December 2021 and got its full release on PC, Xbox and mobile in October, November and December 2022 respectively. It's also interesting to note that the game launched with additional DLC, the Legacy of Moonspell, which can be purchased for a minuscule €1.99 on top of the original €4.99 asking price for the base game. The game, of course, if you haven't heard of it, it it has really come out with a massive boom. Uh, there was a lot of shouts during the Game Awards as to why it wasn't included as Game of the Year. And it's come out to a massive critical success with it currently boasting a 10 out of 10 on Steam, a 4.8 out of 5 on Google Play, and a 95 out of 100 for Xbox on Metacritic, which makes me wonder if this is actually the best the best kind of rated Xbox exclusive in, in kind of brackets. There is, because I don't think any of the Xbox first party games are uh, are higher than that. If you know, if it is the, the most highly reviewed game on Xbox or on, or on what I want to say next is uh, Xbox Game Pass, then let me know. Because yes, if you are an Xbox Game Pass subscriber, you can download the game right now, or at least the base game, and you can play it for free. So without further ado, let's get into the flesh, the blood, and the bones of Vampire Survivors. So a little bit of context about this game for me. Uh, I actually saw a, a YouTuber and, or a streamer, and this streamer usually is someone who I always kind of go to for indie games. Uh, he's called Northern Lion. He was streaming the the early access back in, I guess it was, it must have been January last year. And um, yeah, he, he shows a lot of really good indie games. Some of them are a bit hit, hit and miss. Uh, the guy, he's quite very like mechanics driven. So usually the graphics are not really his is most important draw to the games that he plays. Whereas for me, I'm very uh, graphic centric, I would say. Like usually the graphics draw me into a game. So when I first saw this uh, uh, in playing Vampire Survivors, I was a little bit like, mm, I can understand why this game is fun to play, but it just looks a little bit too basic. And when it was in early access, it also seemed a little bit basic. Like you were, there was only a few levels. There was only a few tracks. Like, like I said, the artwork didn't look very, very good. So I kind of watched a few, few of his videos and then kind of just bounced and forgot about it. And then you fast forward then about six to seven months and the game is getting ready to, to launch in its kind of uh, 1.0 version. And there is a lot of hype surrounding it. 
then there was the announcement that the game was on on Xbox Game Pass, so I was kind of like, okay, I, I'm not, not that interested in playing it, to be honest, but I've heard it's good. I'm going to download it on Xbox Game Pass, and then, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out when I get time. Then, actually, there was some really weird bug on Xbox Game Pass where you just couldn't download the game. Like You could see it on the Xbox Game Pass store, or I guess it's not really a store, but on, on the page. And for a while, every time you went to download it, it just would not download. So it was another one of those things where I was like, okay, fine. I'm, I kind of forgot about it and just, yeah, left it. And then I saw all of the hype around Christmas about the, the Game of the Year awards and, and stuff like that. Yeah, the thing that got me really interested in it was uh, listening to Gaming in the Wilds podcast because I, John, if you don't know, John, who runs the podcast, used to write for my, my website, Switch Indie Fix. I always used to give him games to review that were, I would always kind of quote John games. And for me, this game really, I don't know, I, it, I wouldn't quote it as a John game, but he played it and he uh, he seemed to really like it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to take John's advice. I'm going to download it again on Xbox Game Pass and I'm going to play it. And yeah, it's like the, the cliche, but I'm really glad I did because this game is, is very much, I would say, an Adam game. Like it's, I, I love roguelites and I really like how this game has kind of elevated that rogue-like element because rogue-likes and lights, I feel like have become very stagnant recently. Like there are a lot of them and every game kind of has some aspect of, of rogue-like in it, whether it's some kind of procedural generation, some randomness, um, <clears throat> having like a kind of loop that is endlessly playable. There are lots and lots of games that do that now and they do that to varying effects. And I feel like Vampire Survivors takes like the the foundations and the essence of what makes a rug like a rug like, and uses it very kind of minim minimalistically here, where how the game is set up is that yeah you you enter into the game at the start you only have one map that you can kind of play on and I think one character and you enter the game with the character and of course he looks like um, one of the Belmonts from from Castlevania I, I would say Simon I can't remember I don't really know Castlevania that well but I would say it's whoever Simon I think it's Simon right it's the one with the whip um, and yeah you kind of just load into this map which looks very minimalistic it's just kind of like a, a pixel art green field um, and all of these enemies start kind of swarming you slowly. You're surrounded 360 degrees by them. And yeah, the, the whole point of the game is you are supposed to survive. And as you kill enemies, they drop XP, which are visualized via kind of blue, red, and green XP orbs. And you have to walk around and pick them up. Um, the actual only input that you do as the player is you move the, the D-pad or the analog stick to move the player around but the actual attacks are done on kind of like an auto cooldown loop. So if you imagine it's kind of like a, um, if you're playing, I don't know, some kind of MMO or MOBA, you have a move with a cooldown, but it triggers automatically. So as soon as the cooldown is over after five seconds, it will just attack again. And that's kind of where this like idle casual game comes in where, yeah, you actually, you only have to use really one finger or your thumb to, to play the game. And actually you do need another one because when you collect enough XP, you level up, and when you level up, you get a choice between uh, either passive items or more direct aggressive items, which are weapons. And yeah, you, you basically then have to create a build for your character, uh, dependent on the random items that you are given. And to do that, you need to press A. So you do need two fingers, I would say, to play the game. That's more or less the loop of the game, or at least when you first start. So you start off, and like any roguelike, you start off very weak. I mean, unless you're very good at dodging, you, you won't win your first run. But what's cool is, is as you break certain items in the game, such as, uh, I think in, in the first map, it's, uh, it's like kind of torches. 
there is a chance that they can drop pieces of gold, uh, also health and some other items that are really cool. And if you p collect gold, that is kind of like the persistent item that stays throughout your run. So even if you, if you die, you, you lose all of your weapons, you lose all of your XP, but you keep any gold you collect. So this is where the roguelikeness comes in. You keep the gold, then you go back to your kind of main menu. And in the main menu, you can use the gold to upgrade attributes of your character. And what's really cool is, is that you upgrade the attributes to all characters that you unlock. You don't have to do it one at a time. So for example, if I want to spend 100 gold on updating my strength, it doesn't just update the strength for the character I was just playing, but it upgrades the, upgrades the strength for all characters, which I think is really cool. So you basically can play the game, die, you, you use your gold, you upgrade and you, re, you rinse and repeat. But obviously the more gold you spend, the stronger you become. And, and you should also get better as a player because you understand uh, the enemies, you start to understand some of the weapons. And eventually you might understand the evolutions, which is like the kind of next level of understanding the game. So in, in the game, yeah, there are all of these weapons and passive items, and there are some uh, weapons that kind of evolve together. So if they evolve together, that means you need two of two certain items that then can evolve. What happens is you, you basically, as you progress through the game, you can upgrade your weapons to, I think, level eight, or le some go up to level nine, I think. And if you get two weapons that can evolve, uh, or two items that can evolve together, and you get them up, both up to a high enough level, you can then evolve them, which means that you create a new weapon, which is is way stronger than the two previously were. And to evolve them, you have to kill sort of mini bosses that appear in the game, and the mini bosses drop chests, and you open a chest, and usually you get given a random item. But once you have kind of hit evolution parameters then you should get your evolution, which is really cool. Yeah, I think that's what I, I really like about the, the game itself is that it has a theme of you You feel like you were kind of mastering it. And as you, you do do that, you realize, ah, actually, now there's like a whole completely new layer to the game. So when you go in, you you might first think, ah, oh, this is just some cheap um, mobile game that for whatever reason has has hit it off. And I think there are a lot of reasons why the game has become so popular and, and, and has been critically so acclaimed. For one, it's it's very addictive, I would say, uh, in a sense of you want to play another round. Like whenever you finish a, a run, whether from dying or from completing it, you want to get in. And I think uh, a lot of the design behind that is there is a lot of uh, really good kind of like endorphin rushing design, which probably comes from the gambling and, and slot experience that, that um, uh, Ponkel has. For example, the town design I really, really like, like the, 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 the noise of you collecting stuff all the time just makes you kind of feel like, okay, this is, this is cool. And obviously as you progress uh, throughout a run, you get more and more powerful, you do, do more and more damage. And you've, you have that power trip where you feel like, I mean, I'm invincible now. You can just see weapons just absolutely just wiping out enemies all over the map. And then you see all of these like little XP orbs floating around and you just want to be like, okay, I want to just collect them. And and then you, you get the rush of everything flying to you and then you get the, the level ups and it just makes you, gives you like that God mode or so whatever it's called, where it's like, okay, now I, I've gone from nothing and I'm kind of here to quote drake yeah it just gives you that that feeling of like you are now in control you've made the right decisions uh you got the you managed to get lucky and now you yeah there's not really much that can happen where you could lose and uh yeah and i think that that's kind of like a cool power uh trip for you for the player but what i what i say is well what i was saying is that yeah the game does a really good job of being like okay now you're very powerful now let's add like another level of skill and complexity to the game that makes you 
it doesn't take the powerfulness away, but it makes you realize, okay, maybe I can be more efficient in becoming more powerful because now I have these new items that I can use. Now there are these new secret things that I've unlocked that add dif different parameters to the game that make it more interesting. Because that was actually one thing when I first got the hook of the game was I was worried, okay, now this, this is just gonna feel very boring because I, I basically know the, I know the combinations I need to, to get to, to make a successful run. And yeah, I can just do that pretty much with any character and manage to win every single run. But one thing that is really cool is like, and I, I think should be kind of commended is that the game gives you a choice to make it, it harder yourself. So there is actually an upgrade, which is a curse where every time you upgrade it, it makes enemies, I think 10% uh, have 10% more max health and 10% more, it's max health and damage, I believe. And yeah, which is cool because if you feel like the game is becoming too easy, then you can you can choose to choose your, uh, to spend your gold on on that those things which make it then harder, um, and then you kind of then kind of balance the the scales a little bit that the enemies become harder. You might not win start winning every single run, but the game is completely littered with achievements and with secrets where even if you don't beat a run you still feel like you're making progress because you manage to play with a new character and get that character up to level 50 or you manage to find a secret item in a uh, in a level even though you died that 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 progression sticks as well or you you found a secret character uh, which is really cool so the game just all always feels like you are progressing it has like a really good loop because you you like i said you you were kind of encouraged to do one more run and the, it has a lot of a lot of different characters it has i think in the base game there are five five stages each of which becomes more and more interesting i would say the, the first stage is i think it's the mad forest and like i said it just is like a green pixel art field where yeah you kind of wander around and there are like random little things that you see but it's not too interesting um then the next phase or, or the next stage is is a bit more interesting because it's it's very narrow, so you don't have the height of the of the mad fields. Uh, sorry, the mad forest, but the width goes on, and that also just just that little change makes the game feel very very different. And like you have to play it differently because you know, okay, I can't dodge to the to the top of the screen or the bottom. I have to go left and right. But how can I maneuver myself around enemies? And then also the next one after that is the milk factory, which is also quite unique in the way that it's designed because there are kind of elements that get in your way. And to maneuver around it is quite uh, is more difficult because there are more things that get in your way which you can't pass over. So yeah, I feel like each stage is very is very unique and and also changes the gameplay. Which again, looking at the game maybe on Steam or for, from a video, you wouldn't expect this level of kind of complexity or or depth in this game, but it's definitely there. And yeah, I've really enjoyed playing it so far. In addition, one thing I think that really needs to be commended for this game is that. It was built with these kind of ideals that you learn from. Because I, I also, I'm, I'm a slot game designer. So I kind of, as soon as I saw this game, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is gamification to a T. Like, how do you, how do you keep players engaged? How do you, how do you keep them wanting to come back? And, and you see this a lot in slot games. And I think what really should be commended is that this game uses all of that kind of psychology, but they do it in a... A non-predatory way so they aren't using these these means of, of keeping people in the game keeping them coming back and playing using all of this psychological kind of 
you know, there are there are chests in there. There are massive fireworks. There are like a coin shower, which is is straight out of slot games. There are a lot of elements there that are used in the gambling industry to make players spend more money on 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 slot machines. But what I like in this game is that yeah, they they decided that they don't want to make it a game that is a mobile game, like like a freemium game where you you know you you have to buy a season pass or you have to spend money on on a second currency. They decided, yeah, they just want to make a game that is good, and you pay the upfront fee. And I was reading about even though they didn't, they had to really quickly make a mobile part of the game because people were making one-to-one copies of it, and like there was like things about they were ripping off the code and and everything. So they they felt fast, like Ponko felt fast that they had to make a a version for mobile. They were struggling finding publishers on mobile because their their monetization scheme, which is interestingly actually how I started playing the game. I started playing the game on mobile because as I was listening to uh, John's podcast, their monetization theme there is is you play the game and if you die, you can get an optional revive, but to get the revive, you have to watch an ad. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, if you if you feel like you're doing well in a run and you, you die for whatever reason, you're like, okay, I want to continue to run, then you have to watch an advert and watching that gives you the, the revive. And I think there is also one way you can you can kind of multiply the amount of gold you collected by also watching an advert. But that I believe is the only monetization in the game. And that's kind of interesting because yeah, publishers didn't want to do that because I think when bigger mobile publishers saw this, they were like, oh yeah, this is this would be so easy to to monetize. Like, like you know, we could sell extra lives, we could sell characters, we could scale maybe maybe skins but the the game is is like content complete like the, everything in it is 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 a secret is you know unlockable and yeah as i said in in the intro the the asking price is 4.99 in euros i think it's also $4.99 and right now the game if you buy it on steam is is i think 20% off and the dlc costs 199 so yeah even though i got the game on on xbox game pass for free uh, I bought the DLC because I was like, yeah, I want to give the 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 developers some money because it's such a great game. I think I've put 15 hours into it now, and now I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, okay, I shouldn't be kind of like, what's the word? I shouldn't be completely focusing on just this game. Like maybe I should do one run a day and try and do progressions because there are, I think there's over a hundred achievements you can get in the game. What I also like is that most of the achievements you get just by playing but then there are some secret ones where you're like okay this sounds interesting how how can i can i find this and you need to go into a certain zone or a certain stage and do a certain thing and then you you unlock the secret and maybe then unlock a new character or a new a new item and uh yeah that's kind of interesting so that's kind of got me in it but a lot of the most of the ones now i've done and i'm like okay yeah so maybe i should just do one run a day maybe try and knock out a few achievements when i do it and that's it and not spend you know most of my evenings just playing the game because it's so so much fun yeah it just gets you with that one more go feeling so yeah after about 15 hours i i've kind of try i'm trying to cool off on it because i know i could i could probably easily put in another 15 hours of the weekend that's about to come up but i'm like no okay i've invested enough time i want to invest more i'm still enjoying playing the game but i want to kind of savor it a little bit and be like okay i don't need to rush through any more of it I can just kind of do it one run at a time, try to unlock as much as I can and, and not burn myself out. So um, yeah, which I think is is for a video game, a very, at least for me, from me, a very good, a good review because there are lots of games where I feel, 
okay, I, I finished this now. It was fun. It took six or seven hours and I never need to really think of it again. Whereas this game is kind of like now I, I have some spare time. Okay, I know a run takes half an hour. I have now 35 minutes before my next uh, thing that I need to do. Okay, I'm going to go do a quick run of Vampire Survivors because I know it only takes 30 minutes to, to beat. And the, re the, the, the feeling of wanting to continue playing the game is a good one because it doesn't happen with that many games. And even with roguelites, eventually you get burned out. Like with Hades, for me, it was the, the same. Once I beat Hades a couple of times, I was like, okay, the story isn't enough now to keep me in it because the game feels too much, too samesy. Whereas, uh, yeah, Vampire Survivors doesn't have that. It feels like every time you do a new run, it can be different. You And you can make it as different as you want. Like I've seen people on YouTube, like there's a YouTuber called Dan Giesling who is making up his own challenges in the game where he makes really, really hard challenges for himself. And yeah, he's just creating content, uh, content around doing those challenges, which is also kind of cool. Like there's like a sandbox element to it. And honestly, I think what gives this this stamp of approval is that my my wife actually started playing it and she usually only plays very heavily mechanics driven games like she's not really a video game player but she likes the classics like mario and tetris and i think yeah vampire survivors because it is so simple so like simple to play but it, it's complicated to master i mean that's why it appealed to her because it just you just move around you don't get hit you collect orbs and you power up and yeah you get more powerful as you go and i think that's a very yeah a very cool thing about design and, and the design of this game that it's 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 simplicity at its best but it is just chock full of, of depth of secrets and of, of different things to do and i think that that's what makes it a great game so there you have it guys vampire survivors is the first game i will be crossing off my backlog in 2023 it's a great way to start i can completely see why people think this is game of the year for 2022 honestly i think this probably is my game of the year for 2022 because to be fair i didn't play that many games last year that came out in 2022 but it's uh yeah it's a fantastic game if you have an opportunity to play it you definitely should uh, even if it's just to try it out i think it will will get its its claws in you and, and will get you hooked if it does let me know you can do so by tweeting me at switch indie fix and also let me know how your backlog is going for 2023 this this podcast should have come out uh, at least a couple of weeks into january i've already seen on twitter that a lot of people are trying to create some kind of goals for themselves for 2023 for how many games they play or, or what games they want to finish in 2023 so yeah please let me know if you've managed to knock any games off your backlog my my actual backlog sheet will be in the description so you can click on that and have a look through see the games that i i have on there the games that i'm already beating and uh yeah maybe the, even the games that i want to play next if you want like a little spoiler for the next couple of uh podcasts but yeah that would be great thank you guys for very much for listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it it's the first one so it would be really really awesome if you could give us a review wherever you're listening to the podcast it, it helps people find new episodes uh, and, and especially new podcasts so that would be fantastic thanks so much for listening guys I will see you in episode two of Beat Your Batlog, where we will be looking at Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Bye bye.